Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, how are you? Well, better than last week. Better than last oh, week. Good. Um, last week, I saw you. Mm-hmm. That was the last happy moment of my life. And then I worked. And then I had my my new Wednesday. Have I talked about my new Wednesday meetings yet? I think you have, but like vaguely. Like it's only been a couple weeks since we started doing them. Right. So on Wednesdays, I go to Bardot. And those who wish to meet me, they're welcome. But I go every Wednesday at 4.30. And I have a martini or two and dinner and I get my life together. And this is my new thing. And it is just incredible. I have planned an entire new business I'm working with. I have gotten, I've like caught up on listening to like music and stuff I want to do. I've been doing watching YouTube videos that are teaching me things I need to learn about my business. And um, I've ordered like, books and stuff to like read about like the new business because I'm trying to do more like agency stuff and it's just like really freeing it's been really great and um, I love that so that's my new thing and then Thursday through Sunday I was a dead person I was sick so I didn't accomplish a lot other than watching shows and um I finally watched the new season of Jenny and Georgia and if you guys haven't watched it yet Highly recommend. It's a it's a pretty good show. Have you seen it? I have not, but my eighth graders have been talking about it, so I knew it existed. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Bam. So, how are you? Well, I would love to tell you about what I did last week. Um, for those of you who don't know, we recorded on Monday the sixteenth, and it is now Saturday the twenty eighth. So, like, it's been a minute. Um, but as I try to remember. Last week, I literally know nothing, nothing, literally none of last week is in my brain. Um, I know that we recorded on Monday and I had a pretty good day. And then I worked on Tuesday, obviously. I worked the whole rest of the week. I don't know why I'm saying that like I didn't. <laughs> Just Tuesday. <laughs> um, Wednesday after work I was supposed to go to my chiropractor and I was running late as always and at the time that I was supposed to be getting to the chiropractor my chiropractor's receptionist called me and she was like hey where are you and I started like panic explaining everything that had gone wrong in my life (laughs) um but then it turned out she was calling to make sure I wasn't there because um there was a shooting at an apartment complex a block away from from the chiropractor's office and the whole apartment complex was in shelter in place and there were police like blocking roads so i wouldn't have been able to physically get to the chiropractor and they needed to be able to get home so she was like can we just like do this saturday morning i was like we sure can like that is great i'm gonna go home now (laughs) jesus christ I don't know how you just keep surviving. 
Right. I'm happy you keep surviving. Let me start there. I'm happy you keep surviving. It's not a uh, critique. The the (laughs) other thing about this was that as I was driving home, needing to go to the chiropractor and then going home, I also had literally no gas in my car, but I didn't get paid till Thursday. So I was like, it's going to be fine. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get home. Everything's going to be great. I got home. I parked my car and was like not touching this until the morning when I can put gas in it. I was doing stuff with my parents. We had dinner. It was lovely. I shut my toe in the door of the refrigerator and like tore off the side of the skin of my toe on my middle toe. And the last two did not even get bruised. How? I don't. You got to play the lottery this week. I don't know how you made it that far. But then Thursday morning, I woke up, got gas and Starbucks, and got to work early. Early? Yeah. So, like, my life goes in waves of almost getting shot and breaking my toe, and then the next day, most productive day of my life. Like, I I don't know how I'm alive. I mean, look, I feel that. (laughs) While I've not been in a shooting recently, um... I have had a lot of ups and downs that have just kind of yeah, been sleeping a lot mm-hmm. to counteract that. Well, and because, you know, like sometimes you go through weeks where you have a flare up of dermatitis, which for those of you who don't know, is just like mini like eczema. Like I get little tiny, tiny rashes, random places on the upper half of my body. Never on your legs. That's a weird thing about dermatitis is because I had a friend who also like just started getting dermatitis rashes. Never on your legs. Really? Yeah. Huh. But I had a flare up because of how cold it's been lately on my eyelid. I don't know if you know, but you can't put steroid cream on your eyelid. Right. Correct. Yes. Um, so yes. for like three days, um, my eyes hurt and I could barely see, but I couldn't do anything until the rash cleared up on its own. So you can't get it on your leg. Normally, you can get it on your eyeball but you can get it on your eyelid yeah great wonderful yeah so i am thriving thriving um and i think that that is probably a good time to pause and breathe and find out how to spiritually thrive (laughs) because clearly physically we're not doing it yes correct (laughs) so Sometimes you just got to give yourself the pep talk. Like, hello, you badass bitch. Don't be sad. You're doing great. Love you. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you do. <laughs> I, think I, pro- I think I probably need that more than I give it to myself, actually. <laughs> yeah. Heard that. <laughs> We're also recording uh, four episodes of the podcast today because next week is insane for both of us. And so um, if it feels like we're not telling you a lot about our lives, it's because we have to stretch it over uh, four episodes. <laughs> and we also and are also, going to try and do four episodes before I go to work today. So, yeah, you know that. Um, this episode is an exciting one, kind of, um, because we're doing something different. It's exciting because it's different, not because it's good. Okay. Well, 
we'll we'll get there. Um, I have I have mixed feelings. I don't, but that's fine. Okay, <laughs> we'll get there. So, this today we are discussing Stargate Origins, Catherine, which was originally a ten episode web series that then got um, condensed and re-edited into a feature-length film. Um, Which makes more sense. And I mean, I didn't obviously didn't watch the 10 episodes, but it makes sense as a movie. It it does make sense as a movie. There were early in the, early while we were watching it, I was trying to figure out where the episode breaks would have been, but they did a really good job of editing it in a way where only once was it obvious Mm -hmm. that that's where an episode ended. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I appreciate that. Whoever, like, the second tier editor, like, the the secondary editor, once they re-released it, was, was, I appreciate that. Because the other thing is, all 10 episodes were released because it was a web series. They were all released together. They were released on the same day. So I'm not really sure why they didn't just do it as a movie to begin with. Yeah. Agreed. So there's that. Um, it this release date was March eighth, twenty eighteen, and I knew it had come out significantly later than Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A month later, I was at your apartment. This you was- were. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, like less than a month, because my my the last week of March, first week of April was my trip to say goodbye to everybody before. Time. Yeah. So um. Like within, well, like within 20 days of this episode coming out, I was on my way to your apartment. Good times. Good times. Yeah. We did have a good time. Um, I couldn't figure out what I was doing on this day, but probably just like panic crying about the fact that my life was changing drastically in two months. Because I did that a lot in March. Um, I mean, I also did that a lot in that March. I was doing my last semester of law school and trying to find a job. And had no money and no friends. So, <laughs> same. <laughs> um, but yeah, I knew it had come out significantly later, but I didn't realize just how much later until I was researching it. And I was like, holy shit. Great. As the series ended in like... 2008. Okay, okay. I was thinking it was <laughs> for some reason. Mm, oh, No. Because um, 2007, 8 was the 10th season, so it would have ended in 2008. Yeah. Um, Did Atlantis start in, like... Atlantis started in 2003, I believe. There were a few seasons of overlap, and then Atlantis went one to two seasons after, and then Universe was after Atlantis, and that only lasted, I think, one or two seasons. So, like, the Stargate universe as a whole had only been off the air for maybe five to ten years but it feels like a lot later. Um, I mean, I have no point of reference. <laughs> so it was rated 3.9 stars. Okay. Okay. I took the I notes. Thought. I took, hold on. I took these notes before I watched the episode, like that particular note. And I looked at my parents we were all watching it together because it was also the first time they had ever seen it they'd never seen it before and i go i'm very nervous to watch this movie and they were like why i go because the imdb rating is 3.9 stars and the worst episode of stargate to date has only been 6.4 stars so i'm like hella nervous and 
my thoughts on that low of a rating was not that it was necessarily awful. I do think um, that as a whole, it was unnecessary and cliche. And that's why it was rated as low as it was. I don't think it was poorly done. I think it didn't add to the Stargate universe as a whole for more than two minor details. And I think it was a little cliched. So I'll talk about this more. But I think one of the things that, the reasons I think it was so lowly rated was, I mean, similar reasons, but like watching it as a, I mean, I guess I'm a Stargate person now, but like not a real Stargate person. Right. Um, I saw it differently. I'm not used, I haven't watched, you know, 30 seasons of Stargate yet. So I wasn't, mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect. So I'm guessing the people that watch this movie are the people that have watched all the Stargate shows. Like even you had watched all the episodes and hadn't watched the movie. And right. like going through, like, I didn't even know this existed until you told me. Right. So it's like people who didn't watch Stargate definitely mm-hmm. didn't know this movie existed. And so it's, and it was on the same, like, basis of, like, I compare it to um, Agent Carter. Is that what? Yeah. Agent Carter, which, incredible show. Similar style. People didn't know about it. And it wasn't released in the typical, like, Marvel fashion. So people didn't watch it and people didn't like it. It got canceled early. And then people went back and watched it when it got added Disney Plus, And they were like, oh my god, I wish I would have known this existed. Like, it's now one of my favorite Marvel TV shows. And so I think it had the odds against it starting out. Um, yeah, so some of the reviews on IMDb include this one that says, one out of 10 stars. Can I give a minus 10 star review? I initially watched the first four episodes and stopped watching and gave a bad review. I have since watched the rest of the episodes as I was in a hotel and bored. Was this series done as a joke? As Stargate fan, as a Stargate fan, I am disgusted that this was ever allowed to air. Let's just all forget it happened, like the Star Wars holiday TV special. When people are comparing it to the Chewbacca family, that's bad. I mean, I haven't seen the Star Wars holiday special, but I also haven't seen all of the Star Wars yet. Um, they're the highest rate review on stargate or on imdb is five stars and it calls it the death of the stargate universe and that's the highest review um so yeah it's um the time yeah yeah literally this um review is written as an obituary and it says stargate 1994 to 2018 like, I did not feel that strongly about it, but the internet, very unhappy. It seems. I, <laughs> I spoiler alert, actually really enjoyed the movie. But it also came out in the time of other things I was watching that were similar style. And I understand why people say it doesn't fit in Stargate Universe. Yeah. Because it felt a lot like, I think it was called Timeless that came out as a TV show that also got canceled mm-hmm. early. Yeah. And, um... um See, my dad and I just thought it was a ripoff of Indiana Jones. That's probably true. I haven't watched most of the Indiana Jones ones. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've seen one. In in other depressing news, um, the 
No, the 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 number one movie is not depressing. The number one song and the things that happened in that day are a little great. bit. But so number one movie in March of eighth of twenty eighteen was Black Panther. Yep, sure yeah. enough. The number one song was God's Plan by Drake. Um, that was the number one song for a significant amount of the spring of twenty eighteen. Yeah, I had to replay it last night because I was like, which one is that? And then I played the whole thing and still don't think I know what song that was. I, I do, but I'm not a big Drake fan. I, I like am better I'm, than Grassy. Same. I think Drake is a hypocritical, um, overrated. Arrogant, arrogant, overrated piece of shit. I'm not really a fan, but occasionally I like his stuff. Like, I do think some of his music is good if I that's some music of that you're off. into. Yeah. Some of it's but I don't think and- it's like changing the world good i think it's like oh i could listen to this again correct correct there's nothing genre breaking about it um but this one in particular i literally listened to it last night and i still can't tell you any part of the song so i don't know how it was the number one for as long as it was so that was a little depressing to me Um, i was hardcore into my music phase that i had just gotten finished working for deb and was trying to find another job in music at the time so i was like real deep in the music world that was the last time i knew new music well and but to be fair like the charts in that time um actually i'm looking at the chart and quite literally i don't really think i like any of these songs wow maybe i just like didn't listen to music that time of my life because this is not give me some other examples i'll tell you if they were good Mm, okay Uh, oh March 2018, All Right by CYN. That means nothing to me. It Runs Through Me by Tom Mish. I don't even know who that is. My Life by Ju. Ju? Z-H-U, Ju. This can't can't be real. Like this. Here. Oh, the the album, March 20, okay, March 2018 album releases. Attention. Damn came out? I don't know. I don't know if it was March. It may have been later in the year. Ugh. But that, that was Kendrick Lamar's last year album until this year. Until last year, I guess. We're in a new year now. Um, no, okay. Harper's Bazaar article. Best top best songs to listen to in March of 2018. Top Off by DJ Khaled featuring Beyonce, Jay-Z, and Future. I hate DJ Khaled. I love DJ Khaled. I think he's a trash human. I hate Beyonce. I love Beyonce, but I think DJ Khaled's a trash human, and I don't like his music. So, "Till It's Over" by Anderson Pock. Oh yeah, that's a that's um. Oh my god, Anderson Pock. You know him? No. He's um. My God, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Oh, Andre Andre three thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're the same or together in a band. Mm, okay. Um, it runs through me. We said we didn't know that. Flowers of the Universe by Sade. I think it's Sade. Sade. Oh, it is Sade. You're right. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Damn didn't come out till April, so we weren't there uh, yet. Literally, I am going through this list of the best. I just went through the list of the best songs of March of 2018, and I knew zero of them. So. Uh, oh, here, let's look at Billboard's Hot for that month. Oh, oh, 
No, this is the first week of March. This is the wrong... The first week of March 2018, the number two song was Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. And do you know that one? Finesse by Bruno Mars and Cardi B, I know. Havana no. by Camila Cabello <laughs> is still a bop. Still a bop, yeah, for sure. Um... Oh, meant to be by BB Rexa and Florida Georgia Line. All right, that was also a bop. Okay, so maybe I did know some of the songs, just clearly not the ones that were the hottest, quote unquote, because I don't think I've ever fallen into that category. I am also, I'd like to apologize to the hip hop world. Um, these are not the same people. Oh, okay. I always thought they were the same people. And I am so sorry that they are not. Wow, that is a, a lot of my life that I've been confused. Anyway, so I also don't know Anderson Pot because I always thought he was Andre 3000. So, but I've heard his name. <laughs> That's, yeah, you know, that was better than me because I didn't know what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Um, the, the number one book is something I also know nothing about. It's called The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. So this is the year that I started doing book reviews <laughs> for a... Uh, Perfect. Perfect. Um, authors on air and so i did i hadn't read this one because i don't think i'm gonna i don't think i'm a kristen hanna fan uh she also wrote that one everyone else got was in love with she's the the goldfinch or was it the Um, one about the winds there's one about wind i have never heard of her until i took the notes on this book so she's very popular she's still very popular and i haven't still have any of her books the Nightingale and the Four The Lanes. Nightingale. Oh, and, and, she wrote, and, and she wrote Firefly Lane, which everybody liked when it came out on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I wanted to read that book. I didn't realize she wrote that. Hmm. Um, well, The Great Alone uh, was the number one book that week. It was a historical fiction set in Alaska in the 70s. And um, I sometimes forget that the 70s counts as historical fiction. Um, so that was so uh, difficult for me to... I wasn't alive in the 70s, so I don't know why I'm shocked by that, but I think it's because I like to read books that were written in the, the 1870s. Or, yeah. <laughs> the other 20s, not the ones we live in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of very depressing things that happened, um, this is the day that uh, Toys R Us announced <gasps> that they will be closing all U.S. stores. <laughs> well, thank God they're back now, so. Right, um. This was also the day the Parkland shooter was finally charged. Oh, good. The good news of that. The good news of that part. And um, it's also the day that Donald Trump agreed to go to North Korea and meet Kim Jong-un. Which did not turn out. Did not. I mean, to be fair, it didn't really turn out badly, but nothing really came of it either. Nothing good came of it. Does anything good ever come of talking to Kim Jong-un? No, absolutely not. No. So... You know, it was a day. It was yeah. well. Happy news is that Toys R Us is back now, and they had really cool. cute windows at Macy's this year. So, yay! They have taken over like half of the Macy's in Times Square, or oh, really, Square, whatever it technically is. Yeah, because Macy's is the one that bought them out. That checks out. Yeah. Um, this show, this movie thing, was directed. Um, by Mercedes Bryce Morgan. Um, to be fair, IMDb says she directed nine of the episodes, but it did not give me another name of a director. 
So I don't know who directed the 10th or if she directed all 10 and just didn't credit herself on one of them. I don't, I don't know. And that was just part of her for all 10. Yeah. Um, She's kind of an up and coming director. She only has uh, two feature films, but they were both um, in TIFF last year, the Toronto International Film Festival. Which you know, you said she's up and coming, and I was like, man, it's taken a long time. And I was like, no, that was four years ago. That was four years ago. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. She's actually um, up and coming. She's like genuinely right now up and coming. Right, she had right. two movies um, in the Toronto International Film Festival last year. She is a queer Latina filmmaker and. Um, she's directed a lot of shorts and none of them are things that I'd seen, but the thing that she saw that she directed that I have any familiarity with is she is one of the directors on Tadra Calls Forbidden music video project. Which I, I haven't, I don't know which one that is. I've, I know Tadra Call, but I haven't watched. Um, so Tad- Forbidden was one of his albums that he did the whole album. Like the whole album was one single movie for a music video where they all just went into each other. And it was a con- it was a concept album about a world where um, basically uh, black people were the um, my- majority in America, and like racism was only directed at white people, and everyone was straight phobic instead of homophobic. And so it was Very really it was really interesting. It was like basically everything that was going on in the world in 2018, but mm-hmm. like in reverse, so you could like see how pointless some of it is yeah um, it's called forbidden it's called forbidden and um i go i'm gonna watch that and like a lot of people did um cameos in it or like even just in <gasps> music videos and stuff taylor swift cameoed in one of them and mm-hmm. he t- cameoed in hers for that yeah. album that came out that year yeah i remember this i didn't watch it yet but i do yes um but like on. but like uh uh, Jennifer Holiday was in one of the videos and stuff. Like it was like a, a big people, um, like a lot of stuff. And she was one of the directors on that project. So that's oh, so I have seen cool. some of her work in some way. Um, it was written by Justin Michael Terry, whose only previous writing credit was a short, and Mark Ilvidson, who also has zero other writing credits. Which, to be fair, as it was originally a web series and it was only five years ago and it was mostly, like, unknown people, that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad writers. It just means that they haven't done anything that is, like, public world stuff. Like, I don't... You know what I mean? Like it's just and they don't have the Stargate experience. I mean, it's they, it doesn't sound like they pulled anyone from the original stuff or even the newer no. stuff that was right. original and... So, I mean, that makes, and that makes sense why, you know, Stargate people would riot. Well, um, the other thing was, the other thing is it was originally written as fan fiction. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of has the, the 50 shades problem where it was written as fan fiction and then somehow like pushed into canon in a way that doesn't actually necessarily make sense. Right. Um, I don't, I didn't hate it. I don't think it should be considered canon. I also don't think it's canon, and I don't even know enough, but I also really liked it. <laughs> so, um, the stars we have um, Ellie Gall, who played Catherine, who has no other major acting credits at all. Um, yeah, I didn't recognize anyone. Um, Ilum Orion, who played, what did, oh, he played the um, 
German officer Brooke. Um, he was in an episode of NCIS LA and an episode of Cold Code Black, but he's again one of those people who's just like breaking into things and getting in small bit stuff. Um, Philip Alexander, who played James Beale, he was in an episode of Mandalorian. He was in an episode of Agents of Shield. He was in an episode of Lucifer. Again, not one of those just like just getting his foot in the door kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then Siobhan Aladdin, who played Wasif. And he actually has the most extensive uh, credit history of any of them, but only in Swedish film and television. He was originally born in Kurdistan and emigrated to Sweden as a child, grew up there, got really famous in Swedish film and TV, moved to New York, went to school at Stella Adler, did this, moved back to Sweden and got a bunch more starring roles and then kind of came back in and just, and just within like the last year has kind of like started doing us TV. Good for him. Yeah. And it's, they're all young people. Like they're all like young, crazy, Mm -hmm. like trying to break into Hollywood, did some indie web series kind of thing. Like they're not the kind of people we're normally talking about on the show. Um, And I found a lot of nothing about them, which is fair. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's fun to talk, kind of, you know, talk about the people yeah. we don't know about. It helps, you know, our, our listeners now know who they are. And, yeah. You know, so and it's if you also hated this movie, um, don't tell them, I guess, because it might be. If you hated this movie, you can message MK. If you loved <sighs> the movie, you can message me. So, um, also, I don't, I, don't know where, I don't know where you watched it. Where did you end up watching it? I rented it on Amazon. Mm, okay. I did not, but this is my um, commercial for the day. I looked up <laughs> on the I looked up on the internet where it was free, and I read like I was like, well, just where do you stream it? And I saw all the things. I was like, okay, Google Movies and YouTube and Amazon. You can rent it for blah 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 blah. It's free on Tubi. It's free on Roku. It's free on Redbox. Um, my dad has a Roku account, but apparently Roku is not an app on the PlayStation. So no, it's only but, on the Roku itself. Yeah, right. Which I don't fucking know what that is. So that's my parents have one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, but then while we were looking for it, Redbox popped up as an app, and Dad, my dad goes, "Isn't that like the thing where you like rent movies?" And I go, "Yeah, but like apparently it's free. I don't know what it is." So we downloaded the Redbox app and we searched for the movie, and it said "watch free with commercials." Fine. Great. That's what I've been doing anyways. With exactly. There were two commercial breaks and they each only had one single 15 second car spot and that's it. If you oh, need to watch, watch if you need to watch something that is free with commercials and Redbox is an option, 10 out of 10 recommend. Good to know. It Good was time. so long before the first commercial that we forgot we were watching it with commercials. Oh, love that. Yeah. So love. Yeah. So I would recommend that was my little plug for the day. Excellent. Excellent. Um I tried to take notes the way I would take notes of an episode with like the plot stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I did it well. So let's just <laughs> um Basically, we start this movie off, first of all, 
the credit scene is like a weird awkward like music video shot of random parts of an egyptian god's body and i didn't take notes about that because i was uncomfortable <laughs> there then we start the actual story in Giza in 1928 with baby Catherine on her dad's expedition to the gate, which is the same opening scene from the 1994 Stargate movie of, okay. them, find, of them finding the Stargate. Well, that's so then, yeah, and I was like, okay, I was, I was in it. We flash forward to 10 years and Catherine is working on researching the gate and She's there with this guy named James. He is a British army officer in Egypt. And she's introducing him to her father. She clearly likes him. They had really good chemistry. They did. They did. I liked, yeah. Um, but her dad shows I up. I thought she was a good actress. I didn't think she was bad. Oh, yeah, no, I don't. I didn't think so at all. Yeah. I just, she didn't feel like Catherine to me. No, she felt like Agent Carter. Yeah, like that. And <laughs> that's the thing is, I didn't, I didn't hate the story. I just, it didn't feel quite right. Like we've seen so much of Catherine in the actual show. I I do agree. She did not that feel like this. Catherine. It didn't feel like Catherine. Her yeah. Her dad felt more like her dad than she did like Catherine. Yeah, I just I didn't feel like I knew her dad as well, so it didn't right and so all we know is that he like well but actually even then no because her 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 dad obviously like yes her dad loved her but her dad lied to her face about Ernest and all of that stuff and like that doesn't feel like something this guy would have done like right so again my problems with it have less to do with the story itself and more to do with the fact that the connection it's supposed to be for the connection the, the characters it's supposed to be it, it's just not true yeah and that's totally fair totally fair. um the car co- they're there be- and he's telling her that a colleague from germany sent a weird letter like saying goodbye that didn't like make sense um and then that was like the end of that scene it was kind of weird I, it felt a little choppy in the beginning like, when I they were that's- in I think that was because it was meant to be a web series because I felt that same thing and I was like, it feels kind of choppy, but I think it was made to feel choppy because it was made to be episodes. Ten minutes at a time, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. Um, they, uh, this is, we, we flash forward. Wow, that was, we flash forward to after dinner and Catherine, um, and they're talking about how without that guy from Germany, they're going to have to shut everything down. They don't have the money to keep doing the research and they're not really getting very far. So they're right. going to have to leave. But Catherine doesn't want to leave because she got a job at the museum and um, she's going to stay in Egypt. But he is angry because she he wants her to go with him because he want, needs her help working on the gate and they have a fight And as they're, like, emotionally blowing up and having weird, clearly web series scenes of them having feelings, um, a Nazi shows up. Because what else? Right. Um, 
But so, like, this Nazi officer is, shows up, and he's got, like, a lady with him who's, like, filming him discovering the gate. Yeah. And then he, like, tells Dr. Langford what the gate really is and all of this information about the gate. Right. And so, this is my first question. <laughs> the Stargate, I thought Catherine and her <laughs> father had the first Stargate. So yeah. how do these Nazis know about the Stargate? You are, you are asking all of the questions that don't make sense. Literally. It because doesn't... Like, theoretically, this storyline should not have happened <laughs> at right. all because they were the only two that knew about the Stargate? Well, to be fair, they are still the only two that know about the Stargate at the end of this movie. And right. then they, they don't really know. Right, but you think they would have mentioned Nazis in the original show if that was part of it? They do, kind of. Okay. In the episode where we get the flashback to Ernest and Catherine working on the gate, we it's 1946. Right, but this is what? It, this is, this is, not, this is, this is 1938. Oh, okay. So 1938, the rise of Nazism. 1946, they are actually figuring things out about the gate and they talk about the fact that there are people who should not be able to have their hands on this power because they will use it wrongly. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of vague. But also this movie makes it very clear that this guy was not acting on any actual like decree from Germany. He was doing it to try to get himself to be more impressive to Hitler. Right. So no one else had this information. Where, where did he, he get it from? Right, right. <laughs> where he, where, and where he got the journal and took all these notes, that is still a question. But to be fair, Catherine and her dad had that journal before they figured anything out. Yeah. And, we, and we never knew where that came from either. I guess that's fair. Ish. Right, like they they do kind of fix all the plot holes they create. They just shouldn't have written an episode like an entire series based on plot holes. Like you know what I mean? Right, right, right. I would have made it more about the discovery and more about the relationship between her and her father, and then maybe meeting Ernest in the end instead of right. But this. they, but also like this is quite literally the plot of Indiana Jones down to the awkward young Egyptian boy who comes to help them. Like it, it's really, really bad how much of a not original story it is. Awesome. And, and I mean, so, it's fan fiction. So maybe it's supposed to be like a mashup of Indiana Jones and Stargate fan fiction, you know, maybe like, maybe that's where we're going. Um, but the German, the Nazi guy tells them that their German colleague was killed. But also, it seems, oh, this is, it seems to me that this Nazi guy got the information from the German colleague that was helping Catherine and her father. So maybe that is where the knowledge part came from, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then they dial the gate 
And Langford is like freaked out because apparently up to this point, he never had any concept that this could be a doorway. He thought it was like a Rosetta stone, but like that is one big ass Rosetta stone. <laughs> he said that and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, and the Nazi is like, it's fine. Um, and sends him through the gate and Catherine is like watching. And then he goes after him and like takes a bunch of stuff and people and like leaves Catherine behind. So she steals the Nazi car and goes to find James. Like, she should. Yeah. Um, The Nazi and Dr. Langford go to the other side and we see a DHD. Um, And see that they're in a temple. Uh, And we see the three sons. So we know that it is Abdos. Mm-hmm. they don't tell us that but based on the fact that that's all what they knew the gate could do to begin with and the fact that it's an Egyptian temple with three sons we can pretty much guarantee and to be that's... fair if I was producing this with the idea that Stargate people would watch it and theoretically non-Stargate people would watch it I probably wouldn't go into the history of like this is oh, no. this well, so I think even, that was actually yeah. a good move on the yes there were a few things that they did that I actually really liked um, because they do kind of give you hints into things mm-hmm. in the future um, that that did well. So like having this clearly be Avidos and setting things up that the people who know the story will know, but also just having it be like, oh my God, Egyptian temple. Whoa. For the people who don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so then James is has the his buddy Wasif, who is an Egyptian translator for them. AKA um, Daniel. Well, yeah, aka Daniel, but also aka the little boy from Indiana Jones. Um, aka literally every um Nazi era story that is set with um some kind of military operation that has a random like person who is from that culture who tells them how to do things. And not even Nazi era. Anytime you have any story with a military envoy, you always have that one character that is the guy who can speak the language. Like, yeah. like I was just thinking, I used to watch this British comedy that was really fucked up called Bluestone 4-2 um, about a uh, British army in Afghanistan who was a bomb squad. And like one of the main characters was their like their guy who actually was part of the Afghan village who just translated for them. Like everything does that. Right, right. Um, uh so they go back they have three of them ambush the one nazi that was left with catherine and they fight him and um they laugh at her because um she goes to shoot him but then just hits him over the head with a gun yeah because she doesn't want to kill him she's like yeah right um back on abydos um bruca and langford meet an egyptian queen and um Bruja tries to attack her but she attacks first and kills one of the nazis and like you never get really too upset to see a nazi die right um langford is convinced that they're in the past because they're speaking the language of the pharaohs and he so um back uh in egypt catherine is trying to explain to the boys what is happening and together they all dial the gate and there's a very drawn out and extended scene that is funny, but 
not really plot heavy with the James and Wasif trying to hand crank the gate. Right. Um, there were some really good comedy moments mm-hmm. that were that I liked, but they didn't add anything to the story because it didn't. It wasn't fun. Like th- the overall plot, it wasn't funny. Like the movie wasn't funny. It was like really, really dark and dramatic. And then there would be like these random like three minute like segments of just like super funny stuff. And I was like, what? I mean, being that's like being a web series. They're trying to and being so fresh to this acting and writing. Yeah. Um, they're trying to follow the like typical method you use. They have their um, what is it called? The like the comedy break. Mm-hmm. They're having their seriousness. They're trying to follow an entire storyline throughout. They have their comedy breaks. They have their three main characters. Like it's very like philosophical. It, yeah, yeah, which it's, is totally fine. But I, I mean, and I, I enjoyed it for what it was. But I also looked at it through the lens of, I don't know everything about Stargate, obviously. And also, I haven't watched this Indiana Jones for speaking of, so obviously. And I also saw it from the sense of this is meant to be a web series. So I went in thinking, this is going to be halfway done. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mostly done, even if it was cliche and had these elements so i was pleasantly surprised based on what i went in thinking see and i was i'm being harder on it in talking about it than i actually was in watching it like in watching it i just i watched it and i laughed like but talking about it and dissecting it i'm finding that i have a lot of issue with the pacing Mm-hmm. Because I don't mind serious things having funny moments, but I don't think they did it well. And, and I don't and I don't know if that would change if I was watching it 10 minutes and then walking right. away. And then like I don't know if I would have a different opinion, but watching it as like an hour and 40 minutes like total, the the pacing of the laughter was wrong. And that was another thing that I went in thinking I was like, like I was prepared for the pacing to be wrong because it was set up as a 10 minute webinar or episode. And um, so like, I agree the pacing was off, but I expected me to, you know, like, yeah, so. I don't know. I just, because I had such a hard time telling where episode breaks were, yeah. I had more issue with the pacing. Like if it had been mm-hmm. clearly like a, a 10 minute mini arc, a 10 minute mini arc, a 10 minute mini right. arc. I would have, I would have had, but because it was so not that I was like, I am confused. Yeah. Because and I it's think ri- it's written as if you knew it could have been a movie, but then right. also you paced it as if it wasn't a movie. And that was where yes. my issue where it was. Yes. Correct. Because I also feel like if I was watching as a webinar, it wouldn't have been paced correctly based on how yeah, it came out. Exactly. Like I, so it it wasn't necessarily that yeah, it was just that the writing the plot and the actual writing were two different formats and then they did both together instead of yeah. picking one. Right. And that I think that's where my issue is, is because I didn't hate the story. I didn't hate the jokes. I just didn't feel like they went together yeah i think um, this was an accidental movie that wasn't meant to really get very far and now it's a movie that people <laughs> that's what i think happened yeah um james refuses to go through the gate once they get it open because it's insane and it's scary and like good for him because the number of people who just like 
say fuck it and jump through space holes in this show are very baffling to me. Um, but then James and Wasif um, do the only correct thing and they say fuck Nazis and go through it. Like, right. You I know, mean, correct. Yes. Um, so they get to Abydos and the gate closes, but Catherine is like, knows what, like, figures out what the DHD is for and figures out how to use it and then realizes that there is no Earth symbol because we're not on Earth anymore. Right. She doesn't know, she doesn't know right. that that's what that is, but like, she's like, um, guys, that the little pyramid with the sun, like, not, it's not there. Right. And like, we know what that is. And Wasif is the only one who's like, well, maybe it's because every different place is a different seventh symbol. Man, where where was Wasif when Daniel Jackson fucking fucking needed him, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so they decide to look around for clues, and then Wasif gets attacked, and then so do James and Catherine, um, and they fight uh, this gold chick. Um, I like the Gucci of gold, though. Oh, for sure. This was They're like so sparkly. This was a uh, thirty years later budget go like because like thirty years later, even web series budget is better than it was twenty TV. years later. We started ninety eight, right? Yeah, but I was thinking the movie came out in ninety four, oh, which means, yeah, which yeah, means yeah. production of the movie probably started in ninety two. Yeah. So I'm thinking that's like almost 30. You're thinking 30 years from then. I was thinking 30 years from the start of the series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. Right. But like 30, like, like 30 years from the start of Stargate's conception, even the shittiest budget is better than no, like, than. Right. Um, um, And then the cleaning boy tries to help them. And he, but there is like a weird, like, Three Stooges routine of no one understanding each other. Um, and they are wandering out in the desert. We have this really fucking weird shot of everyone in the desert, like looking beautiful, but frustrated. And I was perplexed. Um, well, it felt like they were trying to redo the scene from the 94 uh, movie. Yeah, for sure. But again, why? I don't know. I didn't. I don't just, know just, for you. Just because I know the inspiration doesn't mean right. that I think it makes sense. Well, I don't think it makes sense either. I'm just saying. Um, then in the then we go back to the um, to the Gold Lady trio having conversation. We find out that Ra is coming back, and that the Hashish baby is um, outlawed, not allowed, not allowed to have babies. Um, which is a detail that is true in the show, but we have not seen that part of the show yet. Um, we have, yeah. Uh, Apophis um, keeping Shari hidden until the baby is born. Um, and then like that whole deal, like the reason that Shari wasn't with him while she was pregnant is because it's still not, they're still not allowed to do that. Got it. But we haven't gotten any of that part of the story yet. Right, right. Um, so don't worry, that's coming. <laughs> my great, mom was great. like, my mom was like, it's cool to know that like that was around, like that's a detail that was like a nice detail for Stargate people. Right. Um, but then 
the first time that I got really excited about the movie. We find out that the little cleaning boy's name is Kasuf. I don't know if you immediately recognize that. I don't. But my mom and I did. Kasuf is Shari's father. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So Kasuf is um the guy that they meet in the first yeah. the movie when they go to Abydos. That that yeah, Kasuf is Shari's father. Aww. Oh that's yeah. Funny. So literally my mom and I were like, oh that's so great. And my dad was like, what? And we were like, Kasuf? Dad. What? And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, no. That's lovely. So, so Kasuf takes them to the village and he's showing them around. Um, and then they get surrounded and attacked by the rest of the people because, you know, strangers mm-hmm. in the village. Not Stranger danger. Happens. Stranger right. danger, right? Um, then we have one really, uh, one really good but super cliche cut where they're like, we are, and then it immediately flips to the other group being like, doomed. Um... So the Nazis are upset that they're also being kept prisoners, but then they open their supply truck thing that they brought, and it turns out they brought a video reel of Hitler with them to show the gods of this right. of the past how great Hitler is. Right. Yes. Yes, they they did indeed bring that. Uh, back in the village, um, they try to escape, and Wasif gets stabs or gets stabs, gets stabbed, and and the villagers heal him with a uh, little wand of magic, and everyone is confused. Yeah, but we don't um, have this wand of magic yet, do we? Have we seen this? No. Okay. We have never seen this. They do kind of explain that later, though. Um, because different, you know, how so far all the different system lords have had different like things that they talk about right, right. later. And when they do the weird little skit where they're telling us the backstory, it says that Ra gifted Aset the power to heal. And so that was clearly some technology that she used with her people that we have not seen another system lord use. And that makes sense. That's fine. I just want to make sure yes. it wasn't something I'd forgotten. No, you're Yes. Um, back at the temple, Brocha is showing Aset the tape of Hitler, and she is impressed. Um, not because Hitler is impressive, but because Hitler is unimpressive, and yet all of these people are still following him. Right. <laughs> so either there's more to him than we can see in this video, or the people of Earth are just that desperate to be slaves. Which is great for Aset. Fantastic for us at um also really interesting commentary on the human brain. Yeah. Um like yeah, I was I was like, wow. Um especially knowing that the it came out in 2018. I was like, mm, wow, that is um a thought. Um Back in the village, uh, Kasuf and Wasif are like sort of communicating, and we find out that uh, Wasif has a little bit of knowledge of the Coptic language that 
his grandmother knew, which is closer to the ancient Egyptian than modern Egyptian. Um, right. And so he knows like every eighth word. <laughs> Kasa was which saying, would have been good to know earlier than now, I feel like. Which that was a funny moment when um, Catherine was like, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, do you know how hard you are to interrupt? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is funny, but I feel like it should have come up before now still, but it's fine. It's yeah. fine. Um, then Catherine and his necklace slips out from her scarf and uh, Wasif sees the seal of Ra and everybody freaks out and bows down and starts treating them like gods. Right. right. Which is exactly what happened when they saw Daniel wearing it in the Friends right. movie. <laughs> yep. 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 Same these. Um, so Aset, um, oh, this is when she decides that she does want to work with them and use them as slaves. And, um, she decides to send them back to earth with a gift that will explain her, uh, alliance with them. But uh, they are dumb and uh, do not have the technology that we have or the knowledge that we have. And um, so they do not understand why this rock that she is giving them is so important. And then she says the name of the rock and everyone who's seen more than three episodes of Stargate is like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Because she, she tries to give them Nakoda. Yeah. Um, they have no understanding of what it is. And... Uh, Brooke is very unhappy with that that deal, which is sucks for him because that's a great deal, right? He has no idea. <laughs> um, then we go back to the village. They're having like a weird party. Um, that's where we see the acting out of the story of Ra and Aset. Um, and Catherine is beginning to have conversations with Kasuf and James is like, you speak this language. She was like, not really. Um, but my, but once, once Wasif said it was not Egyptian, it was Coptic. I started listening for the right vowel like combinations. And I, I just was able to pick some more of it up, which Happens a little too quickly. It does happen a little too quickly, yes. yes but yes. knowing her father's area of expertise, it, it does make sense that if anyone was going to be able to do it that quickly, it would be the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, or sure. Danielle. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Um, but then because she's having these conversations and she's speaking the Abedonian, she realizes that Brooke did not take her father on accident. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, did you ever really think it was an accident? Like, yeah. that was that was naive. Um, so then we have a moment where um, they're flirting and somehow it turns into a, a romantic movie and everyone is convincing uh, James and Catherine to bone, and they do, and I took zero notes on that entire... Situation. I feel like it was like in the fan fiction sense meant to be like a Captain Jack and Sam and they were trying to push that like idea even though it was obviously Catherine <laughs> and yeah. that's why I feel like that storyline even happened 
I felt like it was just to make Catherine's life even more tragic because now she's over too with men she could love in her life dying at the hands of the Stargate. Yeah, but we've known about James for like three seconds and we don't care about him. We already know about Ernest at this point. So exactly. Like, that was the other thing that was so hard for me. Like by the end, I liked James and I was sad that he yeah, was going to die. But like, but like, I was like, when we first, the very first scene where she went to kiss him and I knew he wasn't Ernest, I was like, what is happening? I yeah. don't care about you. You're not Ernest. Right. That's exactly what I wrote down. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't understand why this is happening. And I think, I think that's all it was for. It was a tool for a story. Yep. I don't think it mattered. Um, so then Asset and... Oh, so then while they're, like, doing... Oh, no, so then Asset and Baruch come to the village, and there's this whole battle scene where she, like, explains how willing to die her people are for her, and they have somebody fight the Nazi, and then broke kills his own person to show that he also does not care um and then that is when ava is officially does not give a single fuck about this man anymore that was tragic yep she she was a character that i wish wouldn't have had to die i know i know i was rooting for her um then uh all the time that this whole ordeal is happening, Kasov is hiding with Catherine and James, and he's upset because he wants to be a part of fighting because they're his people. It's like his outpost. But they're like, you can't. That's the bad man and my father and, and whatever. And you survive to, to help us. Yeah. Or, you know. And so then Kasov shows Catherine where the caves are. Um, and we have the most important moment of the entire movie where um well no we don't have it quite yet but so he's going to take Catherine to where the caves are just because he that's where the symbols are um back at the temple Aset um was given Catherine's hairpin and shows it to um Langford and it's like the other people that have that followed you here should we kill them um and he was like no that they won't be a problem we prefer to fight our own battles and he actually did that like in a really smooth way where it was not obvious that he like did not want them to die i was like good for you like good for you dr langford that was ballsy um then we have a moment where Catherine like tries to beautifully convince Kosov not to be a slave anymore. And it's really like really beautiful propaganda because it clearly wasn't for the plot. It was just to say that to people. Right. <laughs> like it was little moments like that where I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, when while they're on their way to the caves for this, Awasif and James are with um, the other people and they're like giving them a lesson on what Nakoda is. And we learn how bad it could really be if the Nazis were to be able to take Nakoda home to Earth with them. Right. Then we have the most important moment of the entire right. movie where um, 
Catherine is in the cave and she takes the notes that she needs and then she promptly destroys the cartouche. Setting up the entirety of Stargate. Like that one moment, I was like, beautiful. Okay, fine. Now we have Stargate. Yes. I literally, I told, I told my dad, I go, there are two things from the original movie that now make more sense because of this. And for those two things, I will accept this movie, even though I don't like it. One, we see the cartouche breaking. Great. Or, oh, I said we see the temple destruction and the cartouche breaking, which are two separate incidences, but are both important in the long run. Two, Kasuf being able to pick up English with Daniel as quickly as he did only makes sense if it wasn't the first time he saw it. Right, right. (laughs) Like that, that's it. Yep, yep. Um, Then Ra begins to reappear, because why not? Um, and Langford gives Brucha up to Asat, basically, tells him he's a traitor and that he is just trying to destroy her. Um, and then we have, like, a weird action scene where, like, they're fighting and Asat won't step in because she's like, no, they prefer to fight their own battles. And then, um... Uh, Catherine and Wasif and the boy that he's now apparently in love with that happened with absolutely no plot development whatsoever. Right. And um, James are all and Kasuf are all now back at the palace and there's all this action stuff and then Catherine shoots Brucha but then she's going to kill him and then Langford tells her she's a better person than that and then Brucha's almost going to shoot somebody else and then Eva is a badass and just gives him his just desserts and shoots him like eight times. And I was like, great for you. Um, And then uh, Langford is like, can we please just leave? And she's like, you can't leave. Like, you know, things. And he's like, but this is then at least let my daughter leave. And she's like, Oh, you have a daughter, my heart. I'm a mother. Because that was ever made any fucking sense either. And she wipes their minds which it now explains how neither of them have any fucking idea that this Stargate works or Abydos exists. <laughs> it's like when you write a whole book and then you're like, and it was all a dream. Right. Um, so and like, that's, sometimes that works. To be fair, that's why I really didn't care for this because there were some great moments. I liked having a story about Catherine in the past. I liked the introduction of Abydos and Kasuf. But for them to go through all of that and then be like, now you have no memory. Like, come on. You You couldn't have done it a little bit better. Um, But when she wipes her memory, she gives this whole speech about one day when you have enough power to actually destroy Ra, you will send back saviors with this pendant, which does actually... um, Kind, you'll send back a team that has the power to destroy Ra with this pendant, which does actually kind of work because in the movie, when she gives Daniel the pendant, she's like, I don't know why I need to give this to you, but I do. Like, she yeah. says that. So, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, Asset destroy, or like, wipes her mind and Langford's mind and Kasuf's mind and tells Kasuf to just go back to the village and save his people. Um, and that's it for some reason. She like doesn't wipe the other three, and I don't 
No, I also, Eva is dead at this point, I think. I don't know what happened to her. She, they didn't show what happens to her. Yeah, she got shot, didn't she? Right after she shot the Nazi? Oh, did she? Did I make that okay. up? You might, no, you might. That's what I'm saying. They never showed what happened to her after, so she must have. Like, that's the only thing. Oh, I thought, like, she shot him and then immediately got shot and was out. Probably. Probably. I didn't take a note about it, and then I was thinking about the fact that they showed us the end result for everyone else, and I was like, man, what happened to Eva? Yeah, I think she died. Okay. Um, (laughs) so So then James gets the gate back up, and all of this is happening and he still has all of his memory. So obviously he's not making it back through the gate. Right. Um, I did really appreciate the moment where the laser pointer went through the gate though and killed the Nazi on the other side. That was hysterical. Um, then, uh-huh. then uh, the traitor lady uh, who brought Rob back uh, kills James after he pushes Catherine and Langford back through the gate and Wasif decides not to follow them and stay with his love, but then Ra kidnaps both of them and turns them into the guards that then die in the 1984 movie. So tragic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's origins. (laughs) And, like, I would have liked to watch this before the 1994 film, but also before I saw anything else about Stargate. Yeah. Because I didn't like the 1994 film, and I do feel like this set it up a bit more, and I would have enjoyed it better had I known at least, like, uh, three more things, you know? Like, right. Um, but I liked the movie, and I also liked the movie, like, as a standalone, not necessarily canon, as we, as we said. Yeah. I... I don't know. I just, I felt very meh about the whole thing. I thought that there were some good points. I thought that I didn't think that any of the acting was bad. Um, I did not, like I said, I didn't like the pacing, but that doesn't mean I didn't like the actual story. Right. Um, But I did just think it was a little cliche and a little not right for what it was trying to be. That's totally fair. Um, but as we always do with one of these, who do you want to punch? You know, I didn't care enough about the characters by the end because it, you know, wasn't a disconnected miniseries, but, uh, definitely the Nazi, the leader Nazi. For sure. For sure. That was a good one. He was probably the one I wanted to punch the most. I think... I want to punch the traitor chick who abandoned her, who abandoned Offset for Ra, because, like, mm. fuck off. There. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was mine. And uh, who would be your MVP? I mean, I guess Catherine. She's the only one I really like. I'm going to give it to James, because yeah. I'm going to give it to James for going back and making sure that Catherine and Langford got through the gate before he did, even though it meant yeah. dying. Because, like, good for him. Yeah. Noble noble sacrifice. Absolutely. So I have a logistics question for you. Absolutely. Do you think this movie made the idea that you could go back and do more origin stories in the future possible if you have the original... Not like the original directors, but like 
associated people to work on them as like a big, like a box office film? Or do you think that the fact that it came out and was so poorly received that ruined the chance ever in the future of having anything similar? I would unfortunately have to say the second, um, because I've seen a lot of things, especially in the last, like, so last year in 2022 was 25 years of this since the series came out. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of stuff online about 25th anniversary things for the beginning of Stargate and people are trying to get Stargate rebooted all the time. If you live on Stargate Reddit, you will know that like people are desperate for more Stargate content. Um, and like Amanda Tapping and Richard Dean Anderson just like met up at a Comic-Con in Paris last year. And oh, man, he is not looking good. It broke my heart. But um, wow. but they like and they still love the show and people like have a lot of love for it. But because that was the first attempt that, and I think if it had stayed a web series that didn't actually have any like association, um, it would be different. But because it's gotten lumped into the canon instead of like being what it was, it's kind of left people with a sour taste in their mouth for letting anyone outside of the original creation team to do anything and I think that that has kind of gotten rid of any hope we could have of um origin stuff and because I think and I think part yeah go ahead I think part of it's hard because also like who are the characters that you really want to see what happened to them before the beginning of the series like we so many of the the main characters you get so much of their backstory like yeah. we know everything that happened to daniel before he found the stargate right. we know teal's life as a jaffa like we know jack losing his family like we wouldn't want to see movies about those who would we want to see a movie about i mean maybe bray talk maybe, maybe bray talk would be an interesting choice ernest <sighs> Ernest would be hard because what did he do? It would be a one man movie on an empty planet. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, cause it wouldn't, but I meant like before that even, I, but I don't think that they would have enough to do that. He was just like a kid who got picked to be on a science team. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The only person that we know in the show up to date, like in the first two seasons of the show, Braytock potentially would be a good choice. But I think the only person that I think would have a valid desire among fans for their backstory is Hammond and that would not make an interesting movie yeah maybe uh I again I don't know if we're gonna get more of the backstory of these people but maybe like Sharae would maybe make an interesting one if we don't know like and her upbringing in this place with Kusef now we have like that's true I just or it's like one of those, the, it's one of those things where in order to make these people's backstory is interesting you have to make shit up that didn't really happen like this right. story if we had just been a movie about what happens with Catherine and her dad working on this thing in the 25 years between finding it and opening it it would have been a terrible movie yeah. instead they made it a nazi hunting movie and it created a plot hole and then solved the plot hole by erasing the whole movie yeah. you know what i mean and, and i wonder if like seeing about like a movie about just the knox about just asgard you know like 
that, 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 I don't know. No, that, that might be more interesting. I could say that those would probably be more interesting, but those would also take a lot more work because the mm-hmm. lore is so much part of the show that like you would have, you would have to have everybody involved in the original creation sign off on your stuff for it to actually be like legitimate in any way. And I can't imagine some of these guys after what happened with this being cool with that. I think that's fair too. No, I think you're right. I was just playing devil's advocate, but I think no, and I think that's a valid discussion because we see a lot of things like with people trying to do the past, like, I mean, think about the fact that, like, in the Star Trek universe, like, I know you're not a huge, huge Star Trek person, but in the Star Trek universe, the show that is on right now is... I'm not a huge Star Trek person. I've never seen it. I I know. (laughs) But, like, in the Star Trek universe, the show that is on right now that people are really, really liking is the Captain before Captain Kirk. Like, Kirk... Picard, No. Picard is way later. Um, Well, that's what I'm Yes, that is on right now, but like people don't like it as much as the other one. Um, the other one that is on is called. Oh man, Dan would be so mad if I knew he he knew that I forgot what this fucking show was called. Um, Strange New Worlds. That's what it's called. Oh yeah. Um, and Strange New Worlds just came out last year, right? Yeah, and okay, because the card's been out a couple of years now. Yes, this one just came out last year. It's had one season. But it's about Ca- Captain Pike and Cap er, and Kirk gets introduced later in the season as not a captain yet. And this is and like Spock and this is Spock and the captain before Kirk like doing their thing and like Kirk is coming up. So like Uhura is on like the the original cast like Uhura Spock Kirk they're all characters on the show and it's what happens before the original series, but it's done really really well. Right. And so people are really liking that. Um, Russell T. Davies just said in an interview yesterday that now that he's in charge of Doctor Who, he has every intention of bringing spinoffs back. Um, I saw that, yeah. Um, like, and people, people are, and think about how well the, like, the where tales. Did, the, where the did tales, Russell T. Davies come from again? I know, like, he did Doctor Who before. He was he brought Doctor Who back in two thousand five, and then he left the show, and now he's back again. Right, right, right. Okay. I was like, I was like, because he was on Doctor Who when I watched it before. And then I was like, I forgot who was the middleman? Stephen Moffat. Moffat, yeah. Yeah. I was like, who was in between? <laughs> yes. Why. Um, and then like, um, I mean, Tales of the Jedi, it was like that six episode miniseries of 19 minute like cartoons, but it was like Count Dooku between being a Jedi and being a Sith Lord and Ahsoka before she became a Jedi. Like, and like people are living for this like prequel spinoff like like that's why how these worlds are expanding and stargate never did that well and they don't really have room for a prequel right they don't have room for a prequel but you're right things like a story about just the asgard things about a story about just the nox um things with a story about just the ancients who we know exist but we don't know anything about them yet those would be really interesting but they wrote themselves into a corner with the way that they created the characters in the sense that like, and I don't think that they have the, the public sitting, like they don't sit in the place in the public that Stargate and or Star Trek and Star Wars do to be able to have this much 
of a lore. And that's sad because I think it I could think, be interesting. But I wonder if they do it in the sense of, I mean, especially if you look at, I mean, Marvel obviously has Asgard, has all these things. Yeah. And they're basing a lot of it, you know, off of the the comics, but they use some of the original like lore and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, they do well. I wonder if Stargate took it in the sense of like, this is a Stargate spinoff, but we're not going to write into it that changes the show, but the deep, deep dives into the original lore a bit more, because I don't know that anything has done that enough other than like the original Stargate, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I would like that part. But <laughs> if you get more into the, like, I know. I agree. I just don't know. Um, I don't know if they have left themselves the way to do that. And I think that this would be a really good conversation to have again once once we've seen everything. Yeah. And once we I have because I also like I've I you know I know way more about this than right. you do, but I still haven't seen Stargate Universe, which is right. the end of the series. So I don't know where it goes. Yeah. And that's so, fair. And this yeah. is me talking about two seasons in. These are things that could happen. And maybe some of them did. Maybe they included some of this information further on. Right, right. And, and I also I, am like trying right. to be as spoiler-free as possible, right. but I do have at least I have at least the five seasons of Atlantis and um I haven't seen every episode of Stargate SG One ever in my life, but I have seen a lot. Probably at least five, within the eight seasons we have left to watch, I have probably at least four seasons worth of episodes right. that I've seen. So I'm talking about nine seasons worth of TV that I can't tell you about. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> correct. Correct. So. Excellent. Well, with that, um, next week we will go back to our regularly scheduled Stargate SG One, beginning with season three, which is a the second part of the finale. Finale two-parter which I almost forgot because it's been so long <laughs> since I watched it. I watched it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So if, if you like, like Courtney said earlier, if you loved the movie, you can reach out to her. If you hated the movie, reach out to me. But if you have just any thoughts in general about ways that the plot holes uh, did or did not fix themselves, um, go ahead and, and if- send you're on the same level as me and have only watched two seasons and have ideas about spinoffs, please send those. Yeah. But only if you're only at the same level as me because I don't want spoilers. <laughs> um, and you can send any of that to our email at deafandaliens at gmail.com or to any of the social medias at deafandaliens. You can follow me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me at cecloud 13 And we will see you guys on Thursday for our Thriller Thursday, where we are in it in season five of Bates Motel. We are indeed in it. Bye. See ya.